I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of In My Spikes podcast. I say good morning because I am still here in Tübingen, Germany, and it's currently 9am and today's episode, I'll be speaking to the big man, Dua Breath, uh, who I've had the opportunity and privilege to meet during the Tokyo Olympic Games. And we exchanged so much dialogue and we've had some of the best conversations over there. And I thought, man, you know, I would love for you guys to get to know this guy, you know, how humble he is, what he does on and off the track. Um, we're also going to speak about his Olympic experience, um, what it was like being part of the Boomers and, you know, bringing that medal home, um, his move back to Australia. And for the Basketball is also, you know, what I always wanted to know is the difference between Australian basketball, the American basketball and European basketball system, which he's um, played all three. Um, I wanted to discuss a few ideas also, you know, the ideas of opportunities and, you know, how do we actually recognize them um, and making it to the top of your craft, what it takes, what it took him and the sacrifices he had to make during the way. So, yeah, enjoy this episode and let's go. Well, welcome to the podcast, man. Um, I've been waiting to have you here, bro. Thank you, man. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Um, I've been listening to some of your podcasts, and you know they're real good, man. They're really good. So um, I'm more than happy to be here with you. No, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that, especially because we only recently, I think we met in Tokyo, but I mean, we knew of each other. That's yeah. part of the community stuff. Um, and I think I remember... When I ended, when I landed at the Olympic Village, uh, the first message you sent me is like, "Where you at?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, so it's nice to have you, man. The only, mostly, I want to talk to you about, um, you know, your journey, your Perth. You know, your Perth boy. Um, we need to break the ice. I know you say Perth is your city, but I think, I think I've lived there longer than you, actually. Um, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> nah, you're definitely wrong. Perth is definitely my city. Um, I feel like, you know, um, Perth, I, Perth, basically, without Perth, I wouldn't be who I am, I feel like, and um, I just know that Perth is really my city, and um, you can try to claim it, but I don't really think you, <laughs> you honestly mean it. I don't think you really mean it. So I know Perth's my but, city, so I don't think you really But we also entertain the idea that, um, like, I'm south side, so you're north side. We can claim both sides. Yeah. You know, you, you take the north side. I'll take, I'll take the south side. Nah. I want both. I want both. I want both. <laughs> you want the whole city. You want the whole city. I want and, the whole um, city. Man. The whole city of I want even Geraldton. Even Geraldton. <laughs> <laughs> um, and big congratulations, man, on firstly the Olympics. Um, it's been a big year. Um, also, welcome back to Australia. Uh, that's that's huge as well. I know you've been at Australia for, for a long time. And, um, and also, I think congratulations for coping with quarantine. That's 14 days. Um, you know, first thing I want to speak to you about, uh, I guess it's, it's your Olympic, 
the Olympic journey because that's where I met you. Um, how how is that being part of the team, being selected, and also you know now you have a medal around your neck. What does that mean to you? Man, it's it's like uh, obviously it's history. You know that's the first medal that Australia won, and uh, and just to be a part of it was just like a it's like an indescribable feeling in a way, if you know. And um, so it's like so. Even like me being the first African to make the team, I think that was a really big accomplishment too. And um, so basically to start everything off, I was um, for the selection, I was in Turkey in a EuroLeague game. And um, so just a regular game day. And um, I get a phone call from the head coach, um, Coach Gorge, and he just told me that uh, you made the top 24, you know. And once he told me that, I was just like, wow, like this is unbelievable, you know, because not a lot of people ever get that chance to even be on the roster or even be in the same, in the same list as some of the guys that were on the team. And um, so for that, that was really a big accomplishment just to be mentioned with some of those guys. And um, I was just ready. I was just ready for uh, whatever that's going to come at me and um, and whatever that it had it took for me to have that chance to make it, to make the top 12, you know? And um, so obviously I knew it was going to be a lot of difficulties and challenges just to make it to that top 12, but, I felt like me as like a competitor, because I got a really competitive spirit. So I feel like I know that I have a pretty good chance if I do what I'm supposed to do and just compete and just try to play to the best of my ability. And I know that I'll have a chance to make that top 12. And um, so we did our training camp in um, in in America, in uh, California, in Vegas. And fortunately, a lot of a lot of a lot of like a lot of cars just went my way, and I felt like. Uh, I was ready for the opportunity, and gratefully, I got you know selected for that top twelve, and that was the start of everything. And made the team, told my parents, told my friends. It was just like unbelievable, you know. Um, everybody was just really just so proud, you know, proud of me, just proud of my you know hard work that I put into our time. And my initial reaction is like when I told my mom, that's like that was the second person I told. It was my brother first, and I called my mom afterwards. When I told her, she just like you know she. She started crying, you know. She she just couldn't believe it because she just she knows the amount of work that I put in, the amount of sacrifices that I made just to be where I was at today, where I'm at today. And um, so just her knowing that it's finally getting rewarded it was just like a really big, it was really satisfying for me, you know, just for her to know that everything that we sacrificed and everything that she sacrificed for me is finally being rewarded. And and to get a medal on top of that was just even even more amazing, you know, even bigger accomplishments. So, you know, I'm just grateful, just proud, you know, um, of myself, of my family and friends, and even, you know, of, of Australia in general too, and even the South Sudanese kids and the African-Australian kids all over there that, you know, supported me, that, you know, from day one showed love and support. So that's kind of just the beginning of everything. Of the yeah, yeah. And then obviously we got to Tokyo. Yeah, obviously we got to Tokyo, and uh, we did really well over there. And it was an amazing experience, man, being around those guys. And um, so we had a slogan, our GOV, so gold vibes only. So that was like our mentality going into the Olympics was to try to win gold, you know. Unfortunately, that didn't go our way. So um, we came home with a we came home with a bronze medal, but we still we still made sure that it was still rose gold rose gold vibes only still. So um, so it was just an amazing experience, man, being with those guys and being able to accomplish that. You know. Um, I, I saw in the village, man, I, I saw how close you guys, you guys were as a team and, you know, the culture you guys had, the bond. Um, so I guess that 
that developed all the way back. You guys were in Vegas beforehand, right? Did you did you know many other players? Because it seemed like you got you boys knew each other for a while. Like that's how close you guys were in the village. Yeah. Um, nah. The funny thing is, like most of us didn't really, besides like the older guys, but like um the younger guys, we didn't really know each other. No, not really play with each other. And um, but like obviously we know we knew the names and we knew where guys were playing and stuff like that. But like um. So guys are like Joke and uh, Dante. We did a camp when we were younger, like a like a under 19 camp. But like we were still young back then, and uh, we don't really remember each other that well. But but once we spoke about it, then like yeah, we're like yeah, I think I remember you from that camp. But the crazy thing is, we were there together for almost a month in America, and like the bond that we made and the bond and the, the connection that we got from one another was like unreal. So I guess that's part of the you know the coaches. That the, that the boomers is known for is to be able to build that that's called mate, mateship over there so yeah and, um so being able to witness that and um and deal with that was real was really amazing i felt like that set the that the, the standard and foundation for everything that that led to what we accomplished in uh in tokyo was just like that mateship and um yeah yeah, that's what's up, man. Yeah. No, I enjoyed, I enjoyed catching up with all you guys. Uh, also getting to know you guys. And I was actually quite lucky to watch one of the games sneaking into the basketball courts and watch you guys do your thing. Yeah. So, so it was a privilege. Yeah. Um, and I guess your journey, your journey started pretty early, man. Um, I, say, I say the biggest, you talked about sacrifices before. I say the biggest sacrifice I had to make was making that decision to leave my family and move to Melbourne. Because, yeah. I mean, when I was at school, I wanted to go to college and I figured that was that was too far from my family, you know. And I remember you in the village told me that you moved you moved out of home pretty early to chase to chase your dreams. Yeah. What was that like? You know, because I know it gets it gets tough and you're, when you're by yourself and that's not an easy decision to make. Definitely, man. Um, it was tough, you know. I left when I was uh, 17, 18 to go to America. And that, you know, that's kind of young still. So, um, but being able to make that sacrifice was really tough for my family, you know, especially me being the eldest in the, with uh, my siblings and um, and just have to leave them behind. And, you know, in our co- African culture, is usually like the eldest is the one that take care of the household, take care of the younger siblings. And um, so me just leaving them was really tough for me. I just knew that, you know, I had to make that, you know, that jump, sacrifice in my career just for me to have a chance to, Maybe one day be able to, you know, play the play the game that I love, which is basketball, and uh, be able to play it professionally. And I'm um, also pursue my education in um in the states, uh, free of charge on a scholarship. So I felt like that was a really important move that I had to make in my life. But at the same time, it wasn't really easy, you know, leaving your family and friends behind because that's all you knew growing up, and that's like your support system. And going over there, you go into a whole new culture, you go into a whole new environment um people over there sometimes don't understand you know the culture that you're from and because america is a totally different world out there and um so then the second challenging part was also like adjusting to the basketball over there in america you know because um it's not the same it's not the same level especially the younger at the younger levels coming up like at the high school levels like that so compare, you know, if you compare Australia to the American high school level, basketball is very different. Um, so adjusting to that too was really tough, and just so much I had to deal with. I felt like the biggest, the biggest um, 
basically the biggest aspect that I had to work on over there was probably just my mental strength, you know, making sure mm-hmm. that my mind was my mind was at the right place at, at the right time and um, at all times, really, because you just never know. You can really just break down easily over there or or just want to give up and just want to go home back to your comfort zone because especially where I was at, the coaches over there really challenged, challenged me, you know, because um, they saw a lot of potential in me and they felt like the only way they can get that out is to, you know, make sure that they push me and get me out of my comfort zone so I can get to a new level in my game. And uh, I think that, you know, it really helped me end of the day. So I yeah. feel like I wouldn't be where I'm at today without the experience and all them challenges and sacrifices that I went through. So I'm kind of grateful for it at the same time. But like I always tell people, it's not for everybody, you know. Some people some people can't handle it. Some people can't. But it doesn't make you um, any weaker. If you can't handle it, it doesn't make you any better if you could handle it. So I just feel like not everything's for you. And um, you just got to know what's, what's for you, really, at the end of the day, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. And what made sense was was the cultural differences you said between between Australia and the US, right? Um, also, me being South Sudanese, there was always a cultural difference between Australia and South Sudanese. Like um, we mm-hmm. we grew we grow up at school, um, going to school, spending all time at school with with Australian culture, and then we go back home and spend with the Sudanese culture. So it was that disconnect. Um, so how did you yeah. then manage? to bring them all together and still be yourself, you know, Sudanese background, grew up in Australia, now you're in the US. How did, you know, because the most important yeah. thing I think is to be yourself. Exactly. You said it there, right there, um, just to be yourself. And um, I feel like the right guys around you are going to accept you for who you are. And um, I feel like that's the main thing, to be yourself, because it's not very hard for people to see if you're being somebody that you're not, you know, and when people see that you're not being somebody that you are, especially in an environment where I was at, they can sometimes make life very challenging for you, you know, because they kind of see that you're living a fake life. You're not who, really who you are. So they, don't, they find it really hard to accept you. Whereas when you're yourself, um, you try to teach guys about your culture. You try to explain to them about, you know, you know who you are, what you can't do, what you don't like doing, what your value system is. They tend to be more interested in you they tend to accept you more when you just being yourself that's what I, that's that's experience that i got through life just, just always just be yourself and the right people will accept you for who you are and that's the food that you want around you whereas the ones that don't really accept you for who you are I probably, you probably don't want them around you anyway so yeah that's mm-hmm. really that's really it i think you said the answer already just you know be yourself and the be day. yourself 100 and also you right. spoke about um australian basketball versus american basketball you see when i wanted to go to college when I was in high school, I knew mm-hmm. it was easy to get mm-hmm. picked if I ran faster than someone. But in basketball, yeah. that's pretty hard, you know, to compare someone that's playing in the Australian league yeah. to the students that you're picking yeah. playing in the US US system. You know, what differentiated you? Yeah. How did you even get picked? You know, how does that even work? Yeah, so um, to, to your first question, the biggest, the real biggest difference when you're at a younger level like that is... Um, <clears throat> I'll say like it's really the speed of the game and the speed of the players and the strength, you know, and the height and athleticism of the guys have. Usually it's just like most of those guys in America, they just got God given God given bodies, you know, like God given talent to be able to run, to be able to um, you know, be strong as and big as they are. So I feel like to be able to compete with them, you have to get your body to a certain to a certain level to be able to have a chance to even compete with them, you know. And um 
So I felt like my first year in America, my biggest focus was just to get stronger, you know, to add weight and um, to work on my body. And obviously, the like, even um, I wouldn't have never got scouted if they never saw my, <clears throat> if they never saw my like skill, my skill set, you know. So I felt like I always had a skill set coming up, and um, that's probably one of the biggest reasons that the coach, I mean, the coach saw me while I was here. In, the tournament was actually here in Sydney. This way, they saw me playing. And the college coach saw me from here, and then um, so I felt like if I never really had that skill set or or the the potential and ability, I don't think I'd ever have a chance to even go over there, you know, because a lot of it's it's tough over there. There's so many guys that want that spot, so many guys that want to get that scholarship, and then you got to be unique in a way to be able to have that chance to even get on the conversation, you know. So um, yeah, so really. Just skill set, having that skill set, that's what really got me recruited. And um, heading over there, just having to work on my body, work, work on my, you know, just still crafting, on my, working on my craft to be able to have a chance to even compete with the guys, you know. So I think that's really, that's really it. Yeah. And man, we both know there's, there's a lot of upcoming, um, especially Sudanese um, basketballers, youngins, you know, they, yeah. you know, yeah. they have that drive, they have that hunger. But, um, you know, yeah. what's, there's, there's got to be a jump, you know, hunger is not enough, you know, um, there's got to be a jump to make it up there. And especially, I know with the NCAA system, education is just as important, right? Uh, you know, what right. advice would you give to the, to the youngers that are trying to make it to the US system, you know? I know consistency um, was big for you, you know, you got to stay consistent, you got you to keep working and, and yeah, embrace yourself, right? Yeah, I mean... Man, just one word, really. I mean, two words that I think that these young boys can really use, young girls and boys can use to really just succeed in um in the states would just be um, or, or wherever they go, you know, or whatever they want to do. I just think that that discipline and integrity is probably the two biggest aspects that I use, you know, for um for my for my journey. So I feel like <clears throat> just having that discipline to do, you know, to do your work, to work out to go as hard as you can, you know, and um, to do the same thing over and over again, knowing that, you know, you might find it boring, you might get tired of doing it, but you still have that discipline to just keep going and making sure that you're doing it, you know, and um, and also going to school, you know, go focusing on your schools because if you don't maintain a certain GPA, you know, you're not going, you're not going to be able to play. And so if you, if you're struggling in your school, sometimes it mixes up your basketball because you're so focused on catching up on everything, catching up in your classes, and it also makes you, um, it also affects your basketball because your mind is all over the place. And um, again, I always feel like your mental, your mental part of the, your mental part of of life has always got to be on point, you know. Yeah. So yeah. So um, so I say discipline, and um, the next one will be integrity. You know, when you leave home. You know your friends, your family is not there. You know, and um, you can do whatever you want. You can um stay up, stay up all night, do what you know. Like basically, you're 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 yourself right now. You can be on your own, but you're on your own. So I feel like having that integrity and doing the right thing when nobody's watching you, when um even when your coach is not watching you in the gym, being able to know that okay, I might go get some extra work in and go as hard as I can. Even the coach is not here and I think that I'm going this hard. I'm doing this for myself, you know, because I want to get better. So I feel like integrity is really important 
aspect again, just to be able to have a chance to make it because you can have all those traits, discipline, integrity, consistency, and everything, but it still guarantee, doesn't guarantee you're gonna make it, you know, or have a chance to, you know, even yeah. So basically, just gives you a a higher chance than everybody else, you know. Yeah. And 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 how, and how day, do these? Day, yeah. And how do these guys find? You know, we we agreed on one thing at the games, and and that was you know Australia is full of opportunities, right? Um, especially I think it was right. it was a good time when we met up with um I think with the refugee team over there and we had a we had a good talk with them yeah. and the South Sudanese team and yeah. and what we realized was like man there's there's too many opportunities in Australia. Um yeah. but the question is then how do we get how do we get people to recognize these opportunities? Because I think they're there and we know they're there, right? Yeah. Man, um as simple as it's being ready at all times for the opportunity. That's the thing. Like some people don't realize it, but like the opportunities are sometimes right in their face and then might not be ready. They might think, oh, I might have to wait for next week when we have a game or for the next camp or for the next event. Whereas it might have been today, it might have been in your practice and somebody might have seen you, you know, coach might have seen you at your practice today. And I just always feel like you'd be ready at all times. Like they say, yeah. it might sound, you know, you might hear all the time, like, you know, you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. It's it's real life. Like, honestly, you have to live by that, especially in the sport field. And especially as like, for example, like um, like the African or African Australian kids growing up over here, opportunities, opportunities might not be that much, you know, growing up, but it's gotta it's gotta make sure that you stay ready. So any chance or any opportunity that you can get, you can take it. You'll be there, you have that, you know, that um a higher chance than somebody else, if that makes sense. But at yeah. the same time, I feel like in Australia in Australia, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities out there. You know, they have a pretty good basketball system here, and I think it's really it's getting really it's getting better now. And uh, I'm not really sure about the track, but I know that system here, kids have a pretty clear pathways of whatever they want to achieve that they can follow. But again, sometimes kids don't really get the opportunity that they deserve or want. But at the end of the day, you know, um, I was feel like you know life's not fair at the end of the day so sometimes you don't get what you want sometimes you just have to go try to make the opportunity happen for yourself and just go get it you know so but yeah which is making sacrifices moving away and exactly and doing it and asking exactly yeah. you know one of the yeah one of the biggest things for me was um you know there, there is opportunity sometimes we don't recognize them for for whatever reason yeah right um I've, yeah i felt like asking the right questions and and getting a strong support team behind you was huge you know like i mean if you want an opportunity if you can't see it you just go make it and the way you make it is by asking simple right. questions and and you know just putting pride aside and right. and asking those questions like i mean there's a lot of people i'm sure there's a lot of people that be messaging right. you um you know your journey how you got there and stuff like that because you know i think people don't right. really know the full journey right right yeah they just know the ending mm. and then you you obviously played also in in the European League, yeah. Uh, so now right. you play Europe, America, and Australia. You know, what's the difference between, I guess, moving from from the American League to the European League? Big difference, man. Um, I was going from playing in college and I university and going to school and playing basketball at the same time to being professional. You know, to just focusing on basketball and basketball is my job. And um, yeah. that was that was one major change. And the second one was going to a whole different continent, a whole different country that I've never been to before. 
And um, so we go again to the professional part. It was just like, I had to make adjustments again, you know? I had to, it was like going to college, like leaving Australia and going to college now. So I had to get used to that professional life to take care of my body, to um, to make sure that I was being professional. And now there was, there was fines now for if I'm, you know, if I'm late to anything, you know, for, for <laughs> yeah. not following team rules. So there's big fines for that. So I had to adjust and learn, learn about that too. And I had to learn how to be a professional basketball player because at the end of the day, it's your job and you have to perform. It's not college where yeah. if you have a bad game where a coach might just sit you down or just, you know, have a talk with you whereas down there. If you have a couple of bad games, you will get fired to lose your job. So, um, so I had to learn that and um, just making sure that there's only so many spots in a basketball team, you know, and there's only so many spots in the good teams, in the top teams. And to maintain and be on that top level, you have to be playing at the best of your ability every night and making sure that you're sleeping right, you're eating right, you're taking care of your body, and, um, and your mind is right. Again, I, like, I feel like your mind is your biggest, like guys in sports, I understand that your mind is your biggest asset, and you have to make sure that you have the right information in it, you take care of it, you're making sure that it's, it's top-notch, whatever that you do. So I felt like I was making sure that my mind was right at all times, you know, talking to my support system back in America, talking to my support system, you know, I'm in Australia. And again, I like how you talk, spoke about how, like, you shouldn't be afraid to ask questions, you know? Mm. And um, I felt like coming up, I was never good at that, like asking questions. And that made life really difficult for me, you know? But like when I got to college and when I started playing professionally, I started asking more questions and I started feeling like it helped me more to grow, you know, to be a better basketball player, to be a better person in general. So I started having a great support system, a couple of people that I can talk to regularly and just to advise me on what I should, you know, what should I, should I do in basketball? What should I do in my life? What should I do just just to make just to make me a better person in general? And I felt like having those people in my corner, and I still have them to today, it really, you know, helped me to be the person that I am today. And without them, I think it would have been tougher. So I feel like you need to find the right support system, two that you can trust, two that want the best for you, and to keep them around, you know, to keep to let them experience the journey with you so they can see they can see what you're going through and they can experience what you're going through. And they can also use their experiences of what they went through to be able to advise you too. And, you know, you can even give them advice on some stuff that you see, and that might even also help them to be able to mm-hmm. advise you better in future. And they can even one day advise somebody else when they're coming up through through their life. And you never know, you know, you might be able to help somebody. So I feel like, again, I really like that, how you spoke about, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to talk about your problems to other people because most of the time they've been through some, some something, you know, there's not... Yeah, they're not yeah. in this world. Just it's not sweet for every, it's not sweet. This world's not sweet. A lot of people go through a lot of yeah. stuff. So you just gotta be, don't be afraid to ask. And then um, so again, to the topic of um, playing professionally in Europe, um, yeah, it was challenging, man. It wasn't easy. You had to adjust to new culture, new um, a new basketball style, new system. Yeah, so, it was really tough. My first year there, I was struggling, man. To be honest, it was really hard for me just to being away from everybody, being away from my comfort zone, which was, you know, in America too at that time because I was there for four years and my friends were there. And um, that was like my comfort zone. And I knew and I knew that if I ever needed anything, if I need, need some help, I knew where to go to. Whereas in Europe, it's not the same. You're playing professionally now. And it's, it's, not, it's not about you being comfortable and all that. It's about them winning games. And it's about them trying to get the best out of you, you know? So that was a new challenge for me, but I just keep it short like that because I know I don't, I could talk yeah, about yeah. it forever. 
<laughs> no, we love it. We love it. Okay. And um, really can, yeah. now, so Australia, US, Europe. Uh, the simple question is, yeah. uh, I struggle sometimes to define home because I'm moving around, but I'm not moving around for that long. Yeah, man. You know, I'm away for four months at yeah. a time and stuff like that. And I still struggle to define home sometimes. Where's home yeah. for you? See, yeah, I'm probably defining home. Me, I know the home. It's my city. It's in Perth. <laughs> it's in Perth city, huh? It's my city in Perth. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's a tough. It's a tough one because you know you have obviously you have family in um, you know, in back in Africa, in Sudan, in South Sudan, but then you have you have family in Australia. You know, you have some friends all over the world. But it's like it's so hard. It's so hard to find home. I just feel like I'm a I'm global. You know. Home is everywhere for me. Home yeah. is the world for me. So I, it's really hard for me just to find home. But obviously your roots, my roots are back in South, back in South Sudan. And, you know, eventually one day that's where you want to, you know, establish a second life over there if you get a chance. But, yeah. um, but at the end of the day, I think I'm a, I'm a global, I'm a global, global ambassador. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> so, um, I think, yeah, Mr. World, you know, Mr. Worldwide. But, um, but yeah, you know, family, obviously my immediate family is in Australia and Perth, so that's always going to be, you know, my home for me. That's where I want to be at, to be around my immediate family and friends. But at the end of the day, I always feel like I've had the privilege to be able to explore the world, see the world. And, you know, the world is a beautiful place. And I don't think you really want to just constrict yourself to one place, but you got to always understand your roots and where you're from. But at the same, day, at the same time, you really want to experience the world and get to see it if you have the chance the blessing the blessing to do that you know so mm-hmm. i feel like both me and you got a chance and um and the privilege to be able to you know see the world and i think that we should do that use our experiences to you know share with people and to be able to let them know what we learned throughout our experiences yeah, yeah. and now now you're recently being back back home for were you there for two weeks in yeah. perth about two weeks and yeah. i mean now yeah. you see there was always impact but now coming back home with the medal, there's just so much impact. I know, you know, Perth City, because we're from the same community, they're all, they're all excited. They all want to see you. Um, I guess that impact, you know, that, that impact you make, how important is it for you? Very important, and do you man. And do you um, feel like you're, um, you're a role model or is it something that you just, just learn to by doing your thing? Yeah, but like, I don't like me. I'm still like, I'm, I'm. I don't really want to call myself a role model in a way because I feel like I'm still growing. I still got a lot that I got to learn. And um, but again, being able to come home and and like the impact that I had on the kids and the people, even on the elders in our community, even um, you know, on the just on my people from high school, just the people in the community in general, um, to be able to see that impact was really amazing, you know. And um, to be able to see how proud they were of me. And how proud you know of them to be Australian, and um, and how proud you know I met my family and the people that were around me, especially the South Sudanese kids and the African community in general, and to be able to, to be able to, to be able for them to see that medal and be able to know that you know that they can do it, that anything is possible, you know. Because growing up, you know you could dream you could dream of playing in the Olympics, but it's, it seems like a far dream, you know? It seems like a very, very far dream. Mm. It seems like an unachievable dream, you know? But, like, for them to be able to see that somebody did it, maybe it might just motivate one or two kids to know that, you know, 
they can do it to be able to chase that dream. And even if they don't make it there, they can get close. They can make they can make something that at, at that high level one day. And that would really mean so much, you know, just to me and just to know that, you know, I'm, I'm motivated maybe one or two kids to be able to chase the dreams one day to, because coming up, I never, I don't think I ever met an Olympian when I was growing up, when I was younger. So those kids who finally meet an Olympian, I think it's, it's really amazing for them to see that, especially being a, an African Australian kid and um, to know that um, I, got, I came, I came up, you know, like them and to know that, you know, I made it and to know that, you know, anything is possible, man. Honestly, I've sort of turned the kids back home, yeah. like, yeah, that anything is really possible. And, you know, to just never give up and just to chase your dreams. Like, I know it sounds like they hear it every day and yeah. they're probably tired of hearing it because you're young anyways. And you just, oh, anything is possible, chase your dreams, don't give up. I was honestly telling them, I honestly believe that and I live by it. And I know that, like, to be where I'm at today, like, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to be an Olympian by this age. I didn't, you know, but I just knew that you just never give up. You just chase my dream and, you know, the pieces will fall into place one day. But yeah. And something will happen. So yeah. yeah sim similar with place. me. Yeah. Similar with me, just growing up playing sports, you know, you never, you have, yeah. you have a goal, you set up a goal like the yeah. Olympics or a medal. Um, and then the only thing you can really do is just stay consistent and, and keep working, working towards it, which... And then eventually something nice will happen. And if it doesn't, you have at least experience to be thankful for, right? Exactly, exactly. And um that experience is everything. And now you're now you're now you're back all the way back home to play to play in Australia, you know. Um you're looking forward yeah. to that and and what was the decision process like getting back home? Because you've been away from Australia, like the Australian basketball system for a while. Yeah. I mean, I just think the timing was right, you know. I think this is the right time in my career just to come home. And I feel like it's going to really help my game in general. And um, just to still, again, I just want to grow as a person to still get better at my craft and try to be the best player that I can. And I think that me coming here in Australia, um, being able to play at home, because I've been away for, uh, I think, seven, to, seven years, seven, eight years. So I've been away for that long. And um, just be able to just come, you know, just reboot, refresh, you see family, see friends playing in front of friends and family. And, you know, Australia got a really, really good league now, a strong league. The NBA is probably one of the best leagues in the world. And um, and it's, it's on an uptrend. And I feel like this is the right time for me to come here, play here, and um, just try to still grow. It's going to be a challenge, obviously, but I feel like that challenge is really going to help me grow as a person at the end of the day. So really excited and um, just can't wait, you know. I think we've got a really good team here. The coaches are really good. Um, and the you know Wollongong here is a really you know really nice city so I'm liking it so far yeah. and just again can't wait for the experience. Yeah, and during and during those seven eight years away, did you feel like you're missing a lot yeah. back home? Because uh, I know I always even when I'm in Melbourne, I feel like I'm missing a lot that's happening back in Perth, and I want to be there. But the only thing that stops me from being back, I said, look, if I keep working myself and do better, I can make more impact. And I'll be there eventually. But, um, you know, sometimes just, it was just tough. It's like, man, I want to be there. Like, especially for big events, you see see your family or your friends getting married and birthdays and stuff like that, you know. Um, those are real sacrifices you got to kind of make. Yeah, man. Um, it's tough. It was tough. I'm not going to lie. It's really tough being away and seeing the worst. The toughest part was seeing your siblings grow up, man. 
because um, I got a six 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 year old brother, and he was born. I was away when he was born. Um, I never, you know, I saw him just a couple. Every time I come home, just be for a couple of days, couple of weeks, and I would leave again. So I never really got a chance to see him grow up, and it was really tough. Just seeing this stuff like that, the sacrifice you have to make. Not seeing your, you know, siblings grow up. Not seeing your friends get married. Not seeing your, you know, it's not witnessing a lot of stuff. Just seeing them on, you know, social media or something like that, and and it's not the same as being there in person. So I felt like that was probably the biggest, the biggest challenge for me. Just seeing my seeing my siblings grow up, and just being away, man, from everybody and from friends, and you know, just from living a, just living life here. Like a, like a, you know, the Australian culture here is very unique kind of culture. It's not the same as as anywhere in the world, it's a really unique culture, and to not be able to experience that growing up, especially you know during, let's say when you're at that 18 to when you're 18, your early 20s, I feel that's part some of the best times in your life, some of the best times in your life, and I felt like being away and not being able to experience it with some of your you know good friends that you grew up with and family and friends, it's it's not easy, man. But that's I guess that's a challenge, that's a sacrifice you have to make for the longer run, you know, mm-hmm. you know, gotta take the good and the bad, what comes with whatever that you do in life at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. No, I definitely agree with that, man. And you just got to just gotta stay doing what you're doing and stay true to yourself. Is, it's the main thing, right? Yeah. And I guess um, some of the final questions is, um, you know, there's this idea of balance, right? You know, if you want to be good at something, yeah. you, you work towards it. Yeah. Like, I mean, you work towards it. But I know... Mm-hmm. You're working towards it. You're able, you're able to make, you know, the, um, college, go play in Europe, um, the Olympics, now back in Australia. But at the same time, you studied, and I remember you talking to me um, over FaceTime while you're in quarantine and you're doing your master's as well at Curtin. So how important is it then for, for these young kids to know that you could also keep a balanced lifestyle? Or anyone yeah, for that matter. Yeah, very important, man. Yeah, I mean, it's very important, you know. Um, life... I feel like, it's, you know, especially when you, you're coming up at a young age, you got to just challenge yourself, man, to be able to grow. You got to be able to challenge yourself and, um, and just try to see, try to do the most that you can, whatever that you got. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be able to pursue my education and play my basketball at the same time. But, you know, growing up as a, you know, as an immigrant, again, you know that education comes first before anything, you know, like our parents left our home countries just for us to have an opportunity to get educated and to maybe one day, have a better life than they did, you know? So I always feel like education has always been the forefront of my life, you know? And um, and basketball is just something that just came into my life naturally. I was never had, coming when I was young, I never had ambitions to be a professional basketball player. It just kind of just came to my life. And um, and it's probably just a gift that I got, you know? And um, end of the day, so be able to balance it is really important because you only have so many years for example, you only have so many years you can play your sport professionally. Like, nothing's guaranteed. You might have one or two years, or you might play for, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, but nothing's guaranteed. Your career can end the next day, you know. But mm-hmm. so it's always good to have, you know, options in life to be able to know that, okay, my career ends, I'm able to still go, you know, um, pursue my career in other fields. And um, so I always feel like that's important to have that, especially in the career that I got playing professional basketball and again um me as a person I like learning you know I like learning about new things 
And I, you got to know me a little bit more over there in Tokyo. And like, every time you tell me something, I always like, you know, I always get excited about yeah. learning about something new, <laughs> you know? So I'm a, so I always feel like my mind is always just everywhere. I always want to learn new things. And I feel like just even going, like doing some units at the moment to try to just do my masters. Um, it's really good for me, you know, cause your mind is, if it's not, if it's not working, it's like, it's like your body. If the body's not working, it's going to keep weak. So I feel like your mind got to stay working for it. You just keep getting stronger and maintain that. And, I feel like I've, we've, I've been blessed, you've been blessed with the ability to, you know, to be able to, to pursue your education and to be able to still pursue your career in um in athletics. And I feel like you've got to take advantage of those blessings and because there's kids out there, you know, especially where we're from, that would be dying to be in our positions. And if we don't take advantage of that, it's, it's I feel like that's shame on us, you know, that's really, that's terrible. And that's just us being ungrateful. and. I don't feel like we deserve that if we don't really take advantage of it. And and I know that kids will die to be in opposition. So I just feel like this always motivates me, you know, to just keep going and try to even yeah. tired or something. Yeah, for sure. Fighting through because I know, because I know somebody will die to be in my position. And we know that for sure, because I remember one of the most powerful yeah. experiences I think I had in, in Tokyo was when you messaged me and we went and caught up with, um, I think it was a Sudanese refugee team. And then they were speaking about, yeah. you know, simple things like like the kids that don't have shoes to run with. And, and you know, it's just so different. And at that moment, I realized, even though um, Sudanese background, um, you know, but we've lived most of our life in Australia, you can see the disconnect. It was yeah. different, you know. Yeah. We're yeah. so far from home because we haven't, we haven't been home. We, I think you moved to Australia when you were about nine. Yeah, I haven't been and, home since. Yeah, and I, I moved when I was when I was ten, and I haven't been home since. So yeah. like, it makes sense yeah. that uh, it's so different because we spent most of our life in Australia. Although we're Sudanese background, we're more towards Australian culture. So I think hearing those conversations and and also, um, I think I was thankful for you actually messaging me <coughs> and getting to meet those people and just to listen to their stories. You just come back and you're like, whoa, man, we actually blessed and yeah. And, you know, we could give back more right. than we ever think. And, you know, I know the reason I got so far is because the amount of opportunities I got. I know there's a lot of people that don't get these opportunities that we get. So I do feel like, yeah, we're going to take care of it, um, take advantage of those opportunities at the same time um, and do what we can. And I guess which leads to my question is, um, you know, how, how can we how can we as as athletes then give back and help? Because I know there's a lot of people that can can use our help while still focusing on our craft. You know, you don't want to be spending obviously too much time because you want to keep doing your craft and, and eventually that's how you're going to provide more value for everyone else. But what's a few things we can do? Um, I, I'd say just share your experiences, man, with people. Share what you've been through. Share, you know, what you know with people. I think information is key at the end of the day. So if you give out information, much of the information that you can to kids and to people, to parents, on you know on what they can do what what they can't do i feel like it's going to help them in the long run so I, again information is key and uh and at the same time just doing the best that you can man to your ability to be able to to you know support a kid you know to to be able to to maybe even just work them out to let them come watch your workout or even just you know just to make them come watch a game watch a basketball game that might inspire some kids or like just for example just invite a, maybe a class class 
come to a basketball game, which which one of your games you might motivate or inspire one or two kids from that class to maybe chase their dreams one day and to be able to just see well hard work can do for someone. You know, they can use that as motivation for whatever that they want to pursue in life. It can be being a doctor, it can be being a nurse, it can be being a mechanic, and just know that whatever they want that in life, it's got to work hard and if he can do it, I can do it. So that's really it, man. I mean, obviously, I'm still young, still growing, still want to, you know, still want to learn as much as I can. And, you know, I, ask, I have a great support system and I ask them for advice all the time. And and the biggest thing they always tell me is just to be a good listener, you know, just to always listen to what people say and try to just comprehend it carefully, what they're saying, especially in the sport field. You always want to just listen carefully to the details, you know, not sometimes the coach might yell at you. Just don't listen to how the message comes, listen to what's in the message, you know. So I feel like that really helped me throughout life being a good listener. And that can apply to everything in life, you know, listen to your lectures, listening to your teacher, tutors, listening to your parents, even, you know. So I feel like that's an important skill that you're going to need in life to be able to have a chance to, you know, to achieve what you want, whatever that you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, with the parents part, because I think. Growing up, I had the most flexibility because my parents were on my side, and uh, but I had to put them on my side. And our parents, I think, would be similar. Most they ask for is an education. So if you can, if you can work towards that, they're kind of off your back and and let you do your thing. And that flexibility right. to kind of do right. your sport, which is right. the way I came up to. Um, right. And like right now, you're in New South Wales, and and it's on lockdown. Victoria's on lockdown. I know. Majority of Australian lockdown. So, like, how did this? How can you still work towards your craft while in lockdown? You know, I know it's getting pretty tough out there. Um, with you know, there's no facilities to be used. The motivation is is low. Um, a message of encouragement, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough times right now. You know, for the whole world, and just know that you know, wherever you are, you're not alone, and um, there's somebody out there experiencing. The same thing that you're experiencing. They're lacking that motivation. They're not. They don't want to get up in bed. They don't want to. You know. They don't want to do anything because it's just. It's it's a lack of motivation. Just knowing that you're on lockdown and it's and some of the people in the world you see you see you see on social media you see you hear from your friends. Some of them are free right now. They're doing whatever they want. But and then you as a person you're in a pretty bad tough situation. So I feel like you just gotta kind of just try your best. To know to your ability, just know that it's going to get better, you know. And um, you know, when it rains, the sun eventually comes out. So I feel mm-hmm. like you just got to see the bigger picture and know that the lockdown, one, the lockdown will end one day. Everything comes to an end in life, and um, and just know that, you know, it doesn't matter. You, it's all right to start now. Just do the best you can. That you know, at home, just work out in your living room, work out in your balcony, go to the park, just go try to go for a walk, try to just find the Try to find something that just excites you, you know, get you out of your bed. And just and again, end of the day, you just know that everything's gonna come to an end. And um just look forward to that, you know. It might not look like it, but I promise you it will end one day. Everything does come to an end. So yeah. <laughs> and you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready when it's when it's over. You know. Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you gotta stay ready. That's all, man. That's all I wanted to ask you. Thank you for your time. Um, again, congratulations on the Olympics. Congratulations on the successful year. Welcome back to Australia. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in, in my city, Perth. Right. Your city, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> man, appreciate you having me, man. It's been um, it's been good, you know. And to all the listening listeners out there, you know, I uh, keep supporting, keep supporting the podcast, and um, you know, it's been it's been good. Obviously, I'm just one of many few few that's gonna have here, and um, I just again appreciate Peter for having me on here, and uh, let's keep it going. Let's keep supporting our guy. Nah, my guy, I appreciate you, man. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.